Well, another round of snow for Delmarva. Uh, much like the last couple of events here, it's been more for north than south. And uh, as uh, our station is here in Salisbury, Eric uh, Alf with me this week. Um, Eric, you know, just like the past couple of events too, didn't pick up that much snow in the Salisbury area. This one coming through so quickly, Friday night and early Saturday, if you were not up early, you likely didn't see any of the snow. I know in places in northern Delmarva did pick up two and three inches. Maybe that stuck around a little longer, but I know here in Salisbury, that snow came down real, real heavy for a couple of hours, around around three, four in the morning, and then it was done. Hey, it was quick hitting. Like it only lasted about five hours from northwest to southeast. This rain snow line sagging in that general direction came here at around 1 a.m. It was out here by 5 a.m. It was all gone. And here in Salisbury specifically, we only got about like 30 minutes or so of a wet snow. And I actually got up at around 3.30 a.m. myself just because I was, it was all coming down. Yeah. I was curious on how it was going to play out because it, it was like a finicky forecast with that rain snow line. And it was snowing. It only stuck to my car, though. I didn't mm -hmm. see it stick to the roads, which, you know, temperatures were actually above freezing the entire night. It didn't stick on the grass either. It was just a little slushy coating on my car. But then, like, you know, later in the morning, I'm like, there's nothing here. It was and gone. So, like, if you didn't get up early enough, you would, you would have thought, it didn't snow. What are you talking about? But then we got people like one of our weather watchers, Josh Griffin, uh, <laughs> who took a very nice slow motion oh, the video. Slow -mo of, video. Yeah, the like slow-mo video that I showed uh, mm -hmm. on the 6 p.m. newscast over the weekend showcasing that. We saw and it, it was coming down pretty good. And you saw a big... The snowflakes were how thick they were. they were. Temperatures were like 35 degrees, I think, around there. So, but like, you know, it was a lot cooler aloft. So, like, you know, it was coming down to snow. But it was a very, very wet snow. So here in Salisbury, it's got a trace. But then you know, further north you go, a little bit out of our DMA, towards around Newcastle and, and, and the upper shore of Maryland, maxing out at around three inches of snow. A general, uh, I think, trace to an inch to around two inches was the commonality within our DMA, our coverage area, which was a little bit less than what we were expecting in contrast to the last notable snowfall event in January where it was a little bit higher than what we were expecting. So kind of a reverse in the cards. Just a matter of the system exited very quickly and temperatures were extremely marginal. And if it stuck around longer enough, we probably would have gotten more efficient cooling. All of that would yeah, have been in play. It was and just a little too quick in the departure. There was, there was part of the problem was there was some evaporative uh, evaporation. There was Virga for a little bit. So some of the precipitation. Initial dry be, air. The initial dry yeah, air yeah. needed to be overcome. Yeah, exactly. Secondly, um, and I didn't even, because I was working obviously Friday night, and I, I never went to bed. I stayed up and watched this snow event kind of play oh, out. There you go. It started as rain here in Salisbury in yeah. the Cambridge area. And there was also that period of time where... The air was cooling, but there was some of this precipitation just didn't even fall as snow initially. I think that hurt our totals, definitely. Had this yep. come in and started as a snow event, we would have had that front edge extra half inch or an yeah. inch. Yeah. But, um, you know, it went from rain, started to mix with snow. Then, like you mentioned, there's that brief period where it was true heavy snow. Yeah. Mentioning the melting, too. So you had those snowflakes that were kind of literally attaching to each other. So you had those globs yeah. of snow yeah. that were falling. I thought that was really cool to watch. Um, some areas in Salisbury, it added up in the grass. It was driving around a little bit. Mm -hmm. But like you said, in, in some cases, it only added up in the cars. This is good news for travel purposes. But by Saturday morning, the sun was out. 
melted away. I mean, even places that saw the accumulation in northern parts of the peninsula melted away. It reminded me of what we would see in the spring. That yeah. was like a spring snow for us. Yeah. I mean, we, we knew that roads weren't going to be an issue, like, to begin with, whether we got one right. inch, it was, three it inches, was four snow inches. Rate. We knew it was going to melt. Uh, no, we just the, knew the, the snow next rate day, was going to be high. Even if temperatures were actually unseasonably cool, uh, relative to Delmarva, that's like lower 40s. You got the sun angle this time of year as well. It's not exceptionally high, but a mid-February sun angle does a lot more wonders than uh, January sun angle. Yes, it does. So, and like, roads weren't really an issue. It's more of if you were outside during the overnight and you get that heavy snow reducing visibility and whatnot. So... In terms of the overall impacts the following day, no, nothing really Not changed much. with that. Our so. concern with road issues, too, was if we would have had that heavy snow that we did see for a little bit, it had that been a little uh, longer uh, of an impact, had that snow band or heavier snow stuck around a little longer, you would have probably seen a situation where the air temperature was about 33, 34, but that snow was adding up on the street to the point where the street was starting to yeah. become below freezing. There, that was the thought process yeah. why we had the weather, uh, the National Weather Service had the winter weather advisories in place. Long enough duration of that snow hitting the ground, we would have had a small window of time where travel could have been a problem, even though the air temperature was a little above freezing. Didn't work out that way. I think most people are probably happy about that. Yeah. Going into the weekend, it ended up being uh, a, a decent weekend. Yeah. It was a little blustery. The sun was back out. Wasn't bad. I like to say this time of the year, great hiking weekend. You didn't have bitter cold temperatures, but you know, had your winter feel. Yeah, I got to tell you, though, it was a, there were a lot of dynamics at play with the system because, boy, oh, boy, up north, around north, they cent- got north central Jersey, yeah. a 10-mile-wide area, north to south, a monster snow band, quasi-stationary, we call it. Basically, it was nearly stationary for about five hours or so. But in that time frame, places were seeing a foot to 13 inches of snow in that time frame, in that band. There were spots reporting four, five inches per hour snowfall rates. And we don't normally talk about snow to liquid snow ratios uh, a lot lot of the time. But uh, those ratios, 30 to 1, and I was seeing 50 to 1 snow to liquid ratios, which is huge. Now, actually, the surface temperatures, no. The, those ratios increase as, they de- as, as uh, the temperature decreases. But at the surface, it wasn't all that cold. It was mostly a loft where the air was really cold, and there was uh, set up for really effective snow growth. Uh, and those um, ratios you're talking about are extremely um, high for given the temperature yeah. at the surface. And yeah, it was. A very, a there, there's event. just a lot of um, setups aloft where uh, you got the right combination of factors to get really effective snow growth, and you combine that with... Uh, the uh, intense, intense snowfall rates, which is driven by something what we call frontal genesis. It's basically like uh, tightening up the temperature gradient because of the uh, uh, density differences between warm and cold air. You know, when those, you know, when those air masses clash, you get intense lifting. So a lot of combinations came together at just the right time. And those folks experienced what you would see in lake effect snow bands. Not the yeah, same Yeah, it looks like a lake effect snow band like if you it. looked at the reflectivity mm-hmm. on the radar. It was intense and it caught so many meteorologists off guard. I don't think there's I saw one meteorologist who effectively predicted that. Well, they were talking. I noticed that some of the meteorologists up in New Jersey and uh, you know that area well, of the I was northeast were mentioning people, the heavy snow band yes. potential. But just the amount that was I, I don't think is it was forecastable if you can yeah. use that word. It was it was not it, it was impossible because think about this. 
And I tell people this whenever you get into these heavy snow bands, lake effect snow, these things that produce these insane amounts of snow in very small areas. It's so volatile. Areas. It's so volatile. During the summer or spring, when we're forecasting thunderstorms, we may say there, there's going to be heavy rain with these storms, but you, you never are able to forecast where, you yeah. know, a strip of, of uh, heavy rain from a thunderstorm will be that might cause flash yeah. flooding. It's impossible. So it was basically a scenario where northern boroughs of New York City got like two, three inches, but then you get to southern boroughs and they get like a foot of snow. It was that localized. Yeah. Because it even split across the southern half of New York City. So that was... It wasn't any, anything around here, but that was a very interesting feature. Just and something like device. that can happen anywhere. Yeah, it can. So it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen us. here, right? But well, boy, oh boy, it would have been something if it did happen. Here. So, it, given the fact that this was a, yet another snow event, by the way, where this wasn't a, a major storm system, it wasn't at all. Um, but you had major snow issues within yeah. the setup, and like even within these small, smaller systems, uh, they can have very impressive dynamics to produce a little bit of a. Uh, dicey situation like yeah. that. <laughs> so our temperatures, you mentioned earlier, I like the word marginal because it's really appropriate here. When we yeah. say marginally cold, we mean just like barely. You know, th that's just another word for barely. I mean, <laughs> when we talk about it in our forecast, because once again, we're not talking about Arctic air. We're just yeah. talking about air that is just cold enough. The snow that came in Friday night, the reason why we had snow is because it came in right at or the nighttime, nighttime right, or right time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> temperatures were close to freezing. Had that precipitation come in earlier, we'd have talked about more rain. Had it come in later on Saturday, it would have been all rain. Yeah. So we, you and I were talking about before the podcast started signals of where our temperature trends are going to go. Yeah. But one point, it looked like we were going to have a really cold end of February. Does not look like not only will that be playing out, yeah. but now it looks like we're going to have a surge of warm air to round out I the mean, month. it really just kind of shows just um, honestly how much of a of a crapshoot that long-range forecast it can be uh, and, and it's tough and there's a lot of uh, again there's a lot of volatility with it so it didn't come to fruition just exactly how we expected but we still you know over the course of the winter months we knew we were going to have arctic blasts and, and you know a lot of high pressure blocking towards you know the greenland and that did happen over the course of the winter it's just that we thought that was going to happen again um to a significant degree per se for the second half of February. It doesn't look like that's necessarily going to be happening. You know, we just want to be realistic with with you all. And going into March, uh, not seeing too much opportunity really for um, significant Arctic outbreaks, shall we say. And the time is ticking. You know, heading into March, you know, the chances for snow. Or I have a chai now. It's 49 degrees. Um, the, the, the chances are starting to windle, so it, may, it makes you wonder if you're still, uh, you know, into the winter mood, like just uh, what kind of potential we're having as we go into March. And it's looking more and more limited. You know? Well, I'll say this. Our snow potential will have to rest on events like we just had over the weekend. Yeah. Because that's one thing that I felt that when we were forecasting that, it just felt like what we would see in March or even early April as a, as a very early spring snow yeah. event. That likely, you know, a, an event that's set up by marginally cold air, some frontogenesis, something that's not uh, related to a massive coastal storm nor'easter, something yeah. small scale, I don't know small scale, but medium scale, that's not considered a big issue, but the setup is right to create the snow. That is really our, I think, our best chances to see any more snow between now and early spring What's when we're done with the snow season completely. What's very interesting is that we do have a little bit of a, of a rain potential with the front passing through this weekend. However, we were pretty, we're pretty close. Like, 
Now, we talk about phasing sometimes where like we get the northern jet stream to phase with the southern jet stream. And if you look at like the upper levels, like you know, when looking at the forecast for the little rain event that we have for Thursday into Friday, it was very close to like where we get a phase in cold air interacting where we could have gotten some kind of we coastal storm that could have gotten that. snow. Mm -hmm. It looks like the southern piece of energy is a piece of energy goes out ahead of that northern piece that I'm talking about, the northern jet stream to interact with the cold air. So what we get is we get the rain to move through and then we get the cooler air to filter in during the weekend. So we don't get that phase and the potential storm that may have had a uh, uh, snow component to it. So it's, it's instances like that where you don't get the pieces to interact at the right time. To it's get all variables. So once again, we're not looking at a snow potential for the weekend or I should say the end of the week, uh, just a little bit of a rain event by looks of it. Yep, so. and you know, the pattern's still very unwinter-like. We've talked about El Nino from the beginning of the season, which is weakening, um, and the, it's continuing to weaken as El Nino is really gonna be phasing out here in the next, uh, I could say a couple yeah. months, but really, or even less than that. But as a result, we've looked out west. They've had crazy weather. Oh, another atmospheric like river event in Another setup, <laughs> and this one maybe not as pronounced yeah. for atmospheric river standards yeah. as the last one or last couple, but enough that they're seeing flooding, that uh, they're having high winds. Severe weather. Severe weather, notably. I was watching yesterday on some of the national weather um, uh, segments, uh, the different uh, uh, factions on, online tracking tornadic storms in California. Um, and in several cases, they had uh, numerous tornado warnings ongoing. So it was just very odd to see that happening in California, interior California, when that's usually something, you know, we talk about in other places across the country. So they continue to deal with weather that is very um, uh, out of the ordinary for them, mm -hmm. really. That, that's probably an understatement. And this time around, too, central and northern parts of the state seeing that severe weather high wind component where, once again, the storm system is coming in near the Los Angeles area and they have to deal with the threat for flooding. So... A very uh, interesting winter that continues to play out here across the United States. Yeah. So we've uh, covered the gamut here, or ran the gamut, uh, talked about our snow events, so what we expect here for temperatures going into the end of the month. Which, which by the way, warm at least going into next week, looking very mild. Yes. <laughs> and I think a Short lot of Short-lived cool down this weekend, which isn't even all that cool, but... Right. Uh, a lot of warm weather lovers, though, liking uh, what they're seeing in the next week. We expect the 60s. Yeah. But uh, not done with winter yet, as we know from this past win uh, weekend. Those type of little snow events can happen. We just need just enough cold air and need it to happen right at uh, the time where we're at our lowest temperatures, like we saw going into yeah. Friday night and early Saturday. So we'll keep an eye on it. We're going to continue to track that for the weekend. And those of you who are warm weather lovers, enjoy it. Once we get past the weekend, it'll be a nice little warm-up in next week. Mm -hmm. But when we talk again next Wednesday, likely either at the top of that warm-up or coming to a point where we can see ahead on what's going to be happening here for early March. So you definitely want to tune into next week's podcast. We'll have a better idea of what our temperature standpoint is going to be going into March and any uh, update on further chances for some snow potential. But I think that'll be it for this week. Myself, Chief Meteorologist Rich Wardzik with meteorologist Eric Alf, another edition of WeatherWise, the podcast from the meteorologist here at WMDT, 47 ABC, WMDT in Delmarva. Thanks for listening and downloading. We'll talk to you again next Wednesday.